To be a wordsmith is defined as a person who writes, an author, a journalist, a person who commits their thoughts to paper. But I believe it is so much more. The ability to craft a story, to change lives, to transport the ordinary life to an extraordinary place, to put words on paper and awaken the imagination in ways the reader never dreamed possible. Yes, to have the ability to see what isn't there and make you see it too. To awaken the senses in new and amazing ways. To feel a cool breeze on a hot summer day on your cheeks. To smell wildflowers as they bloom. To taste the delicacy on a foreign soil. To feel like you've never felt before. Touching places long forgotten. Connecting with your souls in new ways. That's what writers do. It's my pleasure to host Speaking of Writing, a new podcast. Speaking of Writing is open for authors from all over the world. This gives us an opportunity to broaden our experiences, to hear actual writers' voices, hear what inspires them, experience their trials and struggles, and realize that we all have a story and they are all worth telling. I hope you enjoy this. This is Rose Cushing, and I'm the host of Speaking of Writing, a literary podcast that covers everywhere in the United States and abroad, bringing you fascinating authors and books that I know you're going to want to read. Today, my guest is Tom Harvey, and Mr. Harvey is out of Ohio, and he's actually written two books that about the Civil War that have won multiple awards. So let's get started. Tom, tell us a little bit about you. Oh. Okay, um, born and raised in Berlin, uh, Ohio, suburbs of Cleveland. Um, I have a, a undergraduate degree in English from Hillsdale College, an MBA in finance from Case Western Reserve, and a doctorate in uh, management strategy and finance from Cleveland State University. <laughs> um, I've written, I wrote, I wrote two books about banking. Back in the day when I was uh, working at a commercial bank uh, here in Cleveland. And uh, based upon um, some letters that we found uh, years ago, about 250 of them, um, I found that we had a story of my uh, great-grandfather and his family about uh, his experiences and those of his best friend and soon-to-be brother-in-law in the Civil War. So when I retired from banking, I went into teaching at Ashwood University here in Ohio, and I retired from there in 2013 and was wondering exactly what I was going to do in retirement. And uh, my dear wife said to me one evening, "Uh, why don't you write a book about your great-grandfather? And I thought, well, now there's an idea. And so I started rereading the letters that I had transcribed years ago and realized that we had uh, quite the story, uh, a unique story, I should say, because we know a lot about the generals in the Civil War. We know a lot about the battles of the Civil War. But we don't really know that much about the, the individual young man who decided against the odds and against his family's wishes to uh, go into harm's way 
for the love of his country. And uh, that's what my books are about. Um, the first one, Seeing the Elephant, uh, One Man's Return to the Horrors of the Civil War, uh, came out in 2018, published by Monday Creek Publishing, uh, down in Athens County, Ohio. Uh, and it's the story of my great-grandfather and uh, his experiences. Um, and just to summarize it, um, he, he had enlisted with five of his friends, and uh, they were sent with the 70th Ohio down to uh, fight at Fort Donaldson in Kentucky. Um, and he took sick after that and was sent home after the Battle of Shiloh. Um, he had um, tuberculosis and uh, didn't think he was going to live, but he's, he uh, convalesced back home in Zanesville, Ohio, um, signed to uh, become a part of the 122nd Ohio. They were sent to Winchester, Virginia, uh, and participated in the second battle there, where, unfortunately, he was captured um, by the Confederates, and he was taken to Libby Prison in Richmond, and to make a long story very short, um, he spent 21 months in Confederate prisons um, before he was paroled in March of 1865. And um, one of the letters that he had written home, it's, it's the prize of our collection, uh, happened on April 21st of, of 1865, where he and a uh, group of his officer inmates who were paroled um, actually were in the uh, procession at Lincoln's funeral. And wow. he wrote about that in the first person that I was at the funeral of Abraham Lincoln. Um, he went home, um, got married to his best friend's sister. They had four kids. And uh, he became a uh, circuit rider in the Methodist Church uh, down in Southern Ohio and uh, died at the age of 74 in 1909. Goodness gracious, that's, uh, 250 letters, that's a lot of writing. What a treasure oh, trove. It was. Um, and in talking with the folks at the uh, Western Reserve Historical Society, um, People have found one or two letters from their ancestors, um, fairly commonplace, but to find something that large is um, unique. And so um, it was something that um, we didn't quite know what we were going to do with. And um, again, my, my dear wife got into the act and she said, well, why don't we give them to Ohio Wesleyan University? And I said, well, there's a good idea because my great-grandfather enrolled there in 1859, and my brother and my wife enrolled there in 1959. Uh, and um, our mothers went there, our grandmothers went there, so just a logical place to uh, to uh, donate the letters where they have been digitized uh, for anyone uh, in the world who is interested in the Civil War to see and to study and to learn from. Very nice. Now, why did you choose Seeing the Elephant for your title? Well, Seeing the Elephant is a unique um, American military term that means you've seen battle. Okay. And 
he had seen battle at Fort Donaldson. He'd seen battle at Shiloh. And it just seemed like the right thing to do, especially because he was captured um, after the Second Battle of Winchester. So he was a seasoned uh, veteran of the Union Army, and um, it just seemed like a natural thing to do, and, and uh, everybody seems to like it. Yeah, I, I had never heard that term. That's a very interesting um, fact that I did not know. Now, your second book, tell me about that one. Well, the second book is actually the first one, Rose. Okay. Um, because it talks more about how my great-grandfather, his best friend, and their other friends um, actually made the decision to go to war. And we learn of their thoughts and their fears and their feelings um, uh, about uh, leaving home. And these were just, you know, ordinary young men from Muskingum County, Ohio. Um, most of them were farmers. And uh, going to war um, was probably the furthest thought from their minds until Fort Sumter was uh, bombarded in April of 1861. But their patriotic spirit and love for this country um, basically overwhelmed them. And they said, well, we have to go. It's our duty mm -hmm. to serve our country. And so the first, you know, Several chapters of the new book called Answering Lincoln's Call, um, War in America, was just that. It was answering the president's call for 75,000 men uh, right after the, the uh, bombardment of Fort Sumter. And then it talks of uh, the uh, conversations they had with their families, with each other, um, with friends uh, about going to war and what it meant. And uh, they ultimately decided that they loved this country um, and had a complete faith in God that uh, they would be um, protected in some way. Mm -hmm. um, and uh, they volunteered. And so <coughs> with them going to uh, boot camp, if you would, and then um, becoming soldiers, and going to uh, <coughs> to fight at Fort Donaldson, and then down to Shiloh, uh, where they fought again. And um, it concludes with the victory at Shiloh and the understanding that the war <coughs> won until the Union Army takes Vicksburg, which the third book is about. So your third book is not out yet? No. Um, my publisher, Monday Creek Publishing, um, is working on it right now, and uh -huh. I think it'll be out probably uh, within the month. Um, it's titled From Vicksburg to Bennett Place, The Long March to Victory, uh -huh. and it's about um, the assault on Vicksburg um, and the ultimate siege and the surrender of Vicksburg. Um, and to make a long story short, um, it talks about um, Sherman's march to the sea, capturing uh, Savannah, and uh, then moving up through the Carolinas to the surrender um, at Bennett Place in Durham. And this is the story of my, my great-grandfather's best friend, George Porter, who was um, completely different 
and my great-grandfather, Tom Armstrong, who was an introvert and a studious young man. Uh, he became a minister after the, uh, after the war was over. He had taught school. But George Porter, on the other hand, was a warrior. And he rode as aide-de-camp to uh, General Mortimer Leggett, and who, was, who rose from being the superintendent of the Zanesville City Schools to a major general in the Union Army. Wow. And, uh, Porter rode with him. And he, he reported to General John Logan, who ultimately uh, became not only uh, in the House of Representatives, but in the Senate of the United States, and was candidate for president or vice president. I think it was in 1868, I think. Um, and um, Porter was at the uh, surrender of Joe Johnston to Sherman uh, in Bennett. Uh, at Bennett Place in Durham, North Carolina, um, in the two weeks after the surrender of uh, the grant of Appomattox. And uh, Porter went on to uh, marry his sweetheart. Um, they had two or three children. Um, and uh, he became a, uh, an inspector of the U.S. Postal Service, of all things, <laughs> uh, for the rest of his career. Wow. So your your book, Seeing the Elephant, has won multiple awards. Tell me about that. Well, interestingly enough, um, Gina McKnight, the proprietor of um, uh, Monday Creek Publishing, when Seeing the Elephant came out, she suggested that I send it to a group called Reader's Favorite to get a feel for um, uh, how, how good it really was. And uh, lo and behold, about a month later, I received an email, um, and it got a five-star award. Wow. And, and uh, <clears throat> uh, the people at Monday Creek were <clears throat> very pleased that uh, that had happened. So maybe, <clears throat> excuse me, my throat's getting a little dry. <clears throat> I understand. My sinuses are killing me today, too. <laughs> yeah. Um, so maybe... A year and a half ago, um, she she advised me there was something called the Big Book Award, mm-hmm. New York City Big Book Award. She said, "Well, we got a sense the elephant family. so I did. And uh, last September, we were <laughs> at my granddaughter's my granddaughter's soccer game, and I got this email from New York. They said um, you've won a distinguished favorite classification from the Big Big Book Award." Wow. I didn't know what that meant until I got an email from the uh, the uh, proprietor. And apparently there were like 14 or 15 countries represented. There were um, a couple thousand books submitted, um, 100 and so in my category of military fiction. Um, and I didn't win, but the book got a second place. So I thought, hmm. That's pretty good. Yeah. So um, later in uh, 2022, um, Gina suggested I send it to the Independent Press Award in New York, and um, you'll never guess what happened. What? So there are three uh, three awards on this book, and there's one 
already on the Ezra Lincoln's call. Nice, nice. Good work. Well, it came as a surprise because, and, and Rose, you're an author, you, you know this. Um, yeah. As you're writing, you think, well, I think this is pretty good, but, you know, I'm not really sure how good it really is. Yeah. And, and you don't know until something like this happens and you start getting people writing you nice reviews um, in my Civil War groups and um, you go, well, maybe maybe my stuff is pretty good. Yeah. I, I know you never expect to win any of those awards, even though you see them all the time. So that's really something to be proud of. Uh, I am. And, and uh, uh, my, my wife basically says, uh, you can't win any more awards because there's no more no more room in your study to put them on the wall. <laughs> we'll have to add on. <laughs> I might have to might have to make the family room my study and make my study the family room. There you go. There you go. That'll go over good. <laughs> so your third book is coming out this month? I think it's gonna be out probably within the month. That is fantastic. Um, now how can people find your books? Well, right now, um, Amazon.com is probably the, the best way to do it. Um, I would I would suggest coming through the website, my website, twharvey.net, but that's undergoing some uh, some changes, and so I discourage people from trying to, to order it through uh, the website, just Amazon.com, um, and uh, just my title, and... They're out there. Yeah. So you got Seeing the Elephant, which is a wonderful book. And I was looking at it on Amazon. You've got a ton of really good reviews on that book. And it's a three-time award winner. That's amazing. And then you've got Answering Lincoln's Call. So both of those are on Amazon. And we can look for the third book. And what was the title of that one? It's called From Fishburg to Bennett Place. That's right. You know, I'm from North Carolina. I don't live too far from Durham, so I'm very familiar with Bennett's Place. Well, I, I know that because I, I looked at your uh, your website uh, this morning. Yeah. And you're in Benson, North Carolina? I'm in actually in Middlesex. I'm just outside Raleigh. But I look forward to reading your series because I love Civil War, and, and they'll make excellent Christmas presents for my son, who is a huge Civil War buff. So I'm excited to meet you and learn about your books. You know what? Uh, we will get together at some point because um, we have family in Cary. Okay, good. When you come to North Carolina, you know, shoot me a message and, and we definitely will. Um, maybe you can come and speak at one of my author's groups. That'd be great. We yeah. were in Cary even two weeks ago. Okay. Our oldest grandson. Um, got married. Very good. Well, I'm about 30 minutes away, so that'll work out wonderful. Oh, we, uh, I would look forward to that and was uh, uh, very interested that you're in North Carolina. Um, and um, so it's, 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 it's very rewarding to have a conversation with you. And, and Gina has spoken very highly of you. So um, it looks like we're, uh, we're coming together here. Very good. Very good. I love Gina. She's publishing my book, you know, and um, I'm very excited about that. So it was wonderful to talk to you and folks out there listening. You know, don't don't forget. Look these books up. Seeing the Elephant, Answering Lincoln's Call. Answering Lincoln's Call really beckons to you to read it, you know, because we, we all need to remember that our country was founded 
um, people serving and answering those calls and making sure that we have independence and liberty. So great job, Tom. I really have enjoyed talking to you. And for you guys out there listening, thank you always for listening. Thank you very much, Sheriff uh, Rose. It's been a pleasure visiting with you and sharing this story. It's, it's unique, um, and uh, it's been educational as well as fun to write the story of my family. Um, I've learned a lot. Um, I'm named for my great-grandfather, I found out. And uh, it's just uh, been a very rewarding retirement uh, uh, endeavor. And uh, I've enjoyed doing it and uh, helping people understand what the ordinary young man went through as, as he fought for the country he loved. Absolutely beautiful. Thank you for writing these. I hope you enjoyed today's episode. Everybody has a story. Just let your mind drift away and find yours. I know it's out there. What are you waiting for?